lady. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a remote edition of the Media Vote Podcast. If you don't know what the Media Vote Podcast is, thank you for joining us. And also, we are a podcast about the media, including movies, video games, music, and television, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt, and coming from us from the Coachella Valley in Indio, California, Mike. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. And yes, uh, we are doing a remote show today because I am desert surfing. Now, of course, Body surfing. anybody would know, well, Coachella already happened. So, well, he's at Stagecoach, which is the week after weekend two of Coachella. So yes. Coachella country. weekend three, country stuck, Stagecoach, Coachella. <laughs> Yes, country music. Uh, so he'll have fun with that. And I'm sure he'll come back next week with tons of stories. But for now, we just have a show to get through. Hopefully it'll be a quick one. Mm-hmm. We start, as we always do, with music. And we start the music with the Billboard Hot 100. Woo! Caliente. What's hot this week? Well, moving back up to number one is Kill Bill by SZA. Taking over, thank God. Number two, <laughs> Last Night by Morgan Wallen. Number three is Still Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Number four, debuting at number four this week, is Princess Diana by Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj. And number five, Ella Baya Sola. You want to have a pass on that one? Ella Baya Soya. Okay, Soya. Sola. My bad. And that's by Eslabon Armado and Peso Pluma. I think that's Isiabon. Oh. Isiabon Armado. Uh, cross X uh, Peso Pluma. I didn't know they were in a Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move I'll, on. To th- whenever I see the X, I always have to make both distinctions because it's never multiplied by. Right, no. Uh, moving on to the Billboard 200, your album's chart, your number one album is unfortunately still One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. Number two, debuting this week at number two, 72 Seasons by Metallica. Number three, SOS by SZA. Number four, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. And unfortunately, we get a double shot of this guy this week because coming out of number five is Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. It will not die. It's a Morgan Wallen sandwich in the Billboard Top 5. Gross. No, thank you. I do not want that sandwich. Send that back to the kitchen. (laughs) Thank you. New releases, though, if you didn't like those, thankfully, there are no new releases. We got So Many Realities Exist Simultaneously by Atmosphere. Subtract by Ed Sheeran. This is the new Ed Sheeran uh, that's produced by Aaron Dessner, um, you know, of folklore fame and the national. The so album again, going with his math symbol yes. album. Ed Sheeran loves symbols. And this is no uh, this is no different than that. Next up, The Album by Jonas Brothers. Which album? The album. What album? Well, I mean, Boy Genius already took the record, so I guess oh, Jonas okay. Brothers gets the album. Um, Face Luna by L.A. Priest. The Rat Road by SBTRKT. Future Falling by the album Leaf. And Everything Harmony by the Lemon Twigs. Those are your new releases this week. Moving on to some music news. We have a couple of updates. Well, one update, um, really, about those hearings that the Senate has had about Ticketmaster. There's been a little bit of movement um, as we have our first piece of legislation introduced. In the wake of the Senate Judiciary Committee's hearing examining Ticketmaster's powerful presence in the live entertainment market, U.S. Senators Amy Klobuchar and Richard Blumenthal today introduced legislation intended to improve competition in live event ticketing markets. Without naming the company, but we know who they're talking about. The announcement notes that, quote, today's primary ticketing market is dominated by one company that by some estimates has locked up 70 to 80 percent market share and has used its dominance to pressure venues to agree to ticketing contracts that last up to 10 years insulating it from competition, end quote. Titled the Unlock Ticketing Markets Act, or UTMA, the legislation aims to help restore competition to live event ticketing markets by empowering the FTC to prevent the use of excessively long multi-year exclusive contracts that lock out competitors 
decrease incentives to innovate new services, and increase costs for fans, referencing ticketing companies' practice of exclusive contracts with venues and promoters. Hey, I would love to see this go through. I think this is a good move. Um, I didn't even realize that that was happening behind the uh, behind closed doors, but it doesn't surprise me that Ticketmaster mm-hmm. would just be scooping up these venues and being like, well, you signed the contract. We're the only game in town for the next 10 years. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. If your fans are mad, they're mad. You're signed a contract. And so this would limit that. I wonder if they're going to, like, what is going to be the limit on the years then? Because, yes, it does seem to be 10 years is the standard. Um, but even for, like, stadium and arena namings, we've seen contracts up to 40 years in naming rights, 20 years, 40 years. Uh, are they just put, a, like, a solid cap on all kind of contracts like that for, like, five, five years? even if it is 10 years judging by the name of this, it looks like that this might just be for the ticketing. And so I don't know if it goes beyond that scope. Um, That being said, yeah, I would hope the cap is as low as like maybe one to three years, ideally. Um, But I don't know. I don't know how far they're willing to go with it. It depends on like, you know, the reaction to this bill, if it does end up getting passed. I wonder if there's some way that there can be like a, Every 10-year period, we take a look at the total venues and then say you can't have more than 50% of the venues. Yeah. And then you have to restructure contracts every 10 years. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, something like that, maybe. Uh, but 10 years is a long time. And I think that's exactly what they're trying to avoid is having those All 10 right. years long. Five down. years, two years. <laughs> Again, like I said, that one to three, I feel is a sweet spot for me because it's just enough time. Uh, But we'll see what Ticketmaster says. I'm sure that they will argue so much about how this is bad for their business, which of course it is, but that's not the point. All right, let's move on to our second story. Speaking of business, Taylor Swift is no no stranger to business deals. And she made a, a savvy one this year by debuting a recording of hers on Record Store Day. Well, now she's looking at becoming the first artist to have an exclusive Record Store Day release enter the top 10 of the Billboard 200 when those new results are reported this coming weekend. That's because nearly all 75,000 domestic copies of a Record Store Day exclusive double LP, Folklore, The Long Pond, Studio Sessions, of course, the recorded version of what we got on the Disney Plus special, uh, are believed to have sold through within a day of having gone sale on Saturday. Even though the 75,000 copies of the Long Pond Studio Sessions issued in the U.S. was almost four times as many copies as any Record Store Day release has been issued with before, it was no surprise that it was a hot enough commodity to sell out in a day. The 115,000 copies that went out globally are said to be the only pressing the album will ever receive. While that might be a high quantity for anybody else, it's worth remembering that Swift's previous album, Midnight's, sold about 400,000 copies in its first day out. And that was without the promise that it would never be available again. So this literally just a supply and demand situation. (laughs) If they made more, they would have sold more. Like this thing was just going to immediately sell out no matter what they did. And so limiting it to 75,000 pressings here in the US, like that's going to be a valuable piece of collector's item in a few few years. Just wait. Yeah, but then you have to to look at 40,000 worldwide outside of the US spread across all the other countries so yeah. it's even scarcer in international <laughs> markets it's just wild it's wild to think you just put taylor's name on anything and it'll sell like hotcakes in a day like she's smart she knows what she's doing all right let's go into some thoughts i will be very brief on this i'll keep myself to a sentence or two on all three of these but yes i listened to three records that came out this week uh first up let's stop start with the with the, the stuff that uh, is more uh known uh, so the national, I mentioned Aaron Dessner and the mm-hmm. uh, new releases with Ed Sheeran, but of course him, his brother, and Matt Berenger are in the band The National. They put out their new record this week. Um, uh, the way I'll put it is, hey, if you like The National, it's a national record. It's a little lower key. It's a little, uh, I believe, gentler was the word that I saw a lot of people using. Not a whole lot of moments to rock out. It's a very kind of somber dad rock kind of vibe. The one thing that keeps it uh, separates it this time is that there's a lot of guests um, appearing on this record. Yes, Taylor Swift is here and she's on the best song on the record, honestly. Um, Sparks up a little energy in the midst of all that ennui. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers is here for a couple songs, but mostly relegated to background duty. So 
it's fine. Um, I didn't love it. It's kind of background music-ish. Uh, they've done better. Uh, next up, something for you to check out that I recommend. Jesse Ware's new album, That Feels Good, which we made fun of a little bit in the new releases last week, turns out is just pure disco dance party fun. Um, I recommend this for people who really enjoyed Beyonce's Renaissance or uh, Dua Lipa's record. It's a little bit more classic. Yeah, it's a future nostalgia. It's a little bit more classic on the on the disco scale, so a little bit more groove, a little less like modern electronic. Uh, I recommend it. In fact, I recommend it to a friend of the show, Christy, who's peeking around the corner of the, the room today. I forgot to tell her about it. But yes, the, that's Jesse Ware. That feels good. It's fun. It's a fun disco throwback. Then lastly, we have uh, my favorite thing that came out this week, uh, but of course it is. The new Indigo D'Souza record, All of This Will End. This is her third record, a follow-up to what I thought was her was my favorite record of the year uh, when it came out, her second uh, album. It's just as good, I think maybe better. Um, and if you like an indie rock with a wide variety of sounds, uh, she delivers here. And it's, it's, oh, it's very, very good. Well-produced, well-written, just fun. And it ends with a song that might crossover which is a weird thing to say mm. it's a straight up ballad with some country slide guitar and like it's written in a, like as if it's like something you would hear Adele sing like it's like that what like it's such a straightforward like fastball pitch of an of a, a ballad at the end of this thing it's unlike anything else on the record recommend checking it out it's called younger and dumber um and it's like nothing she's ever done uh wild it, I, I think she has a chance of like getting some new fans on the strength of that alone. So that's all of this will end by Indigo D'Souza. And those are uh, the records I listened to this week. You have anything you wanted to talk about? I have one thing uh, that happened last night uh, <laughs> while here at Stagecoach. John Party was one of the headliners. John Party Party. It was a party party. And after he was done, he was met on stage by Guy Fieri. <laughs> Which, you know, aside from just being like, gushing about that guy fieri's on stage with john party yeah. then they had alan jackson come on string oh shit yes three of like our favorite people here <laughs> only to inject only to like announce that john party would be inducted into the grand Ole opry hall of fame hey so that was a nice and pleasant surprise yeah. here, stagecoach that's fun uh yeah john party officially becomes the first california native to be inducted into the grand Ole opry hall of fame cool. and they said the first stagecoach inductee, which may be hinting that they may be doing this more often. That would be cool. That would be really yes. nice little moments to be part of there. But yeah, that was a fun thing that happened last night, even though it was super late when it happened. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> congratulations to John Party. I wore my John Party shirt. I will show you uh, my John Party <laughs> shirt next week when we're here. All right. Look forward to that, video uh, viewers. Now, right then, let's move on out of music then into the second section of the show, which is video games. We always start video games with the new releases this week. Well, we would, except, again, Metacritic uh, flipped them, and the ones I read last week are this week's releases. Uh, I gotta look at those dates. So yes, Age of Wonders, Redfall, Super Dungeon Maker, and Ravenlock are this week. So Redfall, we will talk about next Saturday, uh, once I've had some time to spend with it. So you didn't get your chance for Redfall then? No, it's not out yet. It <laughs> turns out. This week. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to news. Wait, uh, but that the... does mean you'll probably be streaming it then, right? Yes. Uh, if that's, depending on when the day it comes out, I will stream that on Tuesday or Thursday. So I will have some Redfall for all y'all. All right. And then uh, Jedi's uh, yes. Survivor. I mentioned this on the stream I did um, on Thursday, but yes, it, my copy's already shipped. So I will be getting that as well this week. Same. So I maybe, got my copy covered on its way. So we'll maybe I don't know. one of us or both of us may be eventually streaming that. Maybe I'll let you have that one. I'll play it, but maybe you you can do the streaming for that one. All right. All right. Let's move on into some video game news. These are a couple of updates about some hot stories we've been tracking. First up, the UK has put a huge dampener on the Activision Microsoft uh, merger as being the first uh, organization to just straight up say no way. Uh, Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been blocked by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, aka the CMA, you know, country's biggest night. 
Gestapo's <laughs> base. After months of investigation, the regulator published its final report on the $69 billion deal on Wednesday and said it had prevented it over concerns it would, quote, alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come. The decision is the most significant yet in Microsoft's battle to get the acquisition over the line. The UK regulator is seen as one of the most influential in deciding the deal's fate, alongside the EU and the US. In the US, the Federal Trade Commission is suing Microsoft, this is a little reminder, in a bid to block the deal over competition concerns. The EU, meanwhile, is still investigating. Microsoft has confirmed it will appeal the CMA's uh, decision, which, of course, they have to. Um, so we'll see what happens with the appeal, but this is does not look great if your Microsoft is yet another stumbling block in the road to June. Yes, but keep in mind that this is the UK competitive market, specifically the UK, not the entirety of Europe, not the Asian market, not the US markets, just one specific market that had to look at this. Yes, but a hugely influential market and a mm. big market for video games. Yes. So regardless... So, so you're trying to set up as maybe the first domino or the first bar for yeah, turtle yeah the idea it depends on how this appeal goes goes but generally speaking this could influence the ftc to just be more harsh and be like well it gives them more precedent right because the game can point to this cma thing and be like well these guys pointed out a really good point and you guys should listen to this um and so yeah i honestly do not know what happens here this is the first one of these major acquisitions that i legitimately i honestly don't know i do not know anymore counterpoint the u.s was founded on not listening <laughs> to the uk government <laughs> i guess so but uh this might be separate from from those ideals all right let's move on to a second uh story here another update on hey remember the apple epic case the one about the app store and in Fortnite? well yeah still trucking along in the background we haven't reported a lot about it but still humming apple has again emerged victorious in its long-running legal battle with Epic Games. As reported by Bloomberg, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has upheld a lower court's judge 2021 ruling largely rejecting Apple's claims that Apple violate, or Epic's claims, sorry, that Apple violated federal law by not allowing any competing marketplaces on its iOS platform. Epic's antitrust lawsuit against the iPhone maker began back in August 2020 after it moved to circumvent Apple's 30% platform fees with a new direct payment option in Fortnite, leading to the game's removal from the App Store and the termination of Epic's developer account. After the lower court judge in the case ruled against Epic in nine of the ten counts it had brought against Apple, the company announced it would appeal the decision. So this is the result of that appeal. This goes to show you, appeals aren't always going to be a way to reverse the decision. This just upheld the original decision. Um, so where this stands now is, Hate to break it to Epic, but the Ninth Court is the highest you can go, barring the Supreme Court. I have a strong feeling this is not going to be a Supreme Court case. Just say it. It doesn't seem like the stakes are that high. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Epic really cares, and maybe they'll fight for a Supreme Court case, but those oldie, oldie moldy folks aren't going to know what the hell this story is about. Like, they're just going to look at this thing and be like, what? <laughs> well, and just like you said with the uh, Activision Microsoft merger, there's already a ruling in the Apple Epic case in the EU where they have to let other stores be allowed on Apple devices. Right. Epic has not a whole lot more ground uh, that they can really hold on to with this. Um, ultimately, how I see this shaking out is that Epic's just going to have to deal with just not having their shit on Apple anymore because they're really that mad about it. Mm -hmm. And they've already lasted the last couple of years without having Fortnite there. So maybe they can just deal. I don't know. Because I don't, I feel like they're running into a brick wall here. But who knows? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else they can do because you're right. Trying to get this case into front of the Supreme Court. Um, I'm sorry, in front of the current Supreme yes, Court. Exactly. <laughs> Not gonna, not gonna be great for them. All right, let's move on into the television. Uh, we start television as always with the sports corner. Uh, I would point at something sports, but I have nothing in the area, um, so <laughs> I'll have to do. Uh, yeah, golf that way. 
Yeah, exactly. Golf somewhere. Uh, Bryce Young is your number one draft pick in the NFL draft. And of course, he goes to the Carolina Panthers. Yep. They got the trade pick from the Bears, who had the first draft pick when this whole uh, draft year started. Yes. So, congratulations to Bryce Young. You now have to fill in the shoes of what was Cam Newton when he was once drafted as number one pick for the Carolina Panthers. Yep, yeah. So we'll see how that goes for them. Uh, any other uh, interesting notes about the NFL draft? Uh, CJ Stroud was picked up by the Texans with the number two pick, but then the Texans gave a bunch of picks to get the number three pick. Okay. So when you so when you look back at this draft, it's going to go Panthers. Texans, Texans. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Colts at pick number four, who picked up Anthony Richardson, QB from Florida. And the last time the Colts picked up a quarterback in the first round, mm-hmm. sorry, the last time the Colts picked up a quarterback within the first five picks was Andrew Luck. Well, there you go. And before that, Peyton Manning. So they don't get a whole a number of top five picks all that often, but when they yeah. do and they go after quarterback, um, they're looking for a franchise player right there. And okay. maybe it's Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I'm hoping it is, but Hey, some people keep telling me I'm a Rams fan now. So <laughs> I can't hear that hard. People say, do say people keep saying that it's true. All right. Uh, next up in fake football. Sorry. I mean, other alternative football, the XFL semifinals are this weekend. We have the renegades versus the roughnecks and the sea dragons versus the Defenders. So they're your semifinal games. They're happening on Saturday. The finals will be next Saturday. So once again, because they play on Saturday, we will tell you who wins the following week. All right. Moving on. In in the end, we all win because it's more football. (laughs) I guess. Uh, Moving on to uh, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. We have the uh, NBA playoffs. The Sacramento Kings have forced a game seven against the Golden State Warriors. So that continues to trickle along. They are the only game remaining from the first round. All other games have been wrapped up. I just love that pillar of light. It's a cool pillar of light. <laughs> like the beam. Yeah, like that beam. All right, number one. And meanwhile, the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks have fallen to number eight play-in team Heat. The Heat are heating up. This is the first time that a play-in team has beat the already established playoff team. So congratulations to Miami Heat. You get to eat all of Giannis's crying tears. (laughs) Indeed. Then, meanwhile, the hockey playoffs, the NHL playoffs, number one, Avalanches. Avalanches? Avalanche. They're just the Avalanche, right? The Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado. Yes. And the Bruins face game seven elimination on Sunday, so only one will stand. This is the first time that both number one seeds have faced elimination on the same day. Both of those games will take place tomorrow on Ooh. Sunday. Oof. So look forward to that. Uh, but they are also not the only games. Um, should uh, some other games go to game seven, those will take place on Monday. Uh, but either way, with NHL and NBA, second round begins on Tuesday. All right, who are your picks for for the for the finals here? In both for hockey for both. Um, still rooting for the Lakers mm-hmm. because they're still in it. Uh, otherwise, I think the Heat have got the. Um, I mean, they beat the number one seed, beat the number one team. I think that they are on a hot streak right now. As for the NHL. I really want to see Boston win. Um, go to Game Seven. I want to see them win because it is they did have the record year. Yeah, but I still want my Kings to win. So you know, I got some biases on both sides. Sure. Once it gets closer to the the conferences, or sorry, the, the semifinals and the uh, conference finals, then uh, we'll have more, um, more divisiveness because <laughs> they'll be just that paired down just four teams. All right, fair enough. All right. Ben, anything else in sports before we move on? Mm, uh, baseball continues to baseball. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't th- I'm don't. i trying to think of baseball stories from this week. There really isn't much. I mean, there there would have been, except Otani became this short from hitting a home God. run. Ah, it was heartbreaking. Being the first pitcher, sorry, the, for being the first player to be both, get the win as a starting pitcher and hit for a cycle. Yeah, what the, well, come on. Just, I if I was that guy... 
I mean, yes, I get it that it's competition, but I would have just let that go. I'm going to be like, no, you're fine. No, I think he wasn't even. It was like, short of the wall anyway, short. so it, it short didn't short matter. Wall, but yeah. still, man, rats. Maybe next time <laughs> we can settle that up again. All right, let's move on. Our two right. television Speaking stories. Of rats. <laughs> yes, our two television stories involve two. Uh, uh, very high-profile television news personalities uh, being suddenly fired from their jobs. Uh, we start, of course, with the biggest one. Fox News has officially parted ways with primetime anchor and uh, bowtie enthusiast Tucker Carlson, effective immediately. The cable news network made the announcement on Monday morning. The statement reads as follows, quote, Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor, end quote. Carlson's exit comes in the wake of Fox News Channel reaching a $787 million settlement in a defamation lawsuit filed by Dominion Voting Systems, just as their much-publicized trial was about to get underway. So yeah, we haven't been reporting about this the whole, uh, a whole lot. But what you should know is, yes, uh, Dominion sued Fox over uh, defamation because all the Fox News programming was saying that they contributed to a stolen election in 2020. I used quotes there in case you're listening to the audio version. Obviously, I used quotes. Um, And um, yeah, and they just decided to settle with Dominion as opposed to going to court. Um, Yes. So Carlson uh, termination, it looks like it's not just about the Dominion stuff. That was, I think, a lot of people's first thoughts, but it may allegedly be due to some um, undisclosed things that Tucker Carlson was not telling Fox News. And apparently that was the real reason, is that apparently there's a bunch of secret stuff that he knew and said not on the air that Fox was like, uh, you're killing our brand. And thus it made sense to let him go. Well, no, from what I saw, it was all the text messages and emails that were going to come out because of the Dominion lawsuit. Related, some had, related, yeah. Yes, that had they not settled and yeah. would have gone to court, they would have to disclose all of these <laughs> emails and text messages in the public hearing and basically have Tucker Carlson bash the other hosts on Fox News. Yeah, it seemed that there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with Tucker Carlson that they just didn't want to deal with and didn't want to have exposed everyone. Rough. Speaking uh, of exposing to yeah, everyone. We'll get there in a second. We'll but, get there uh, in a second. But, but I, just to wrap up the Tucker Carlson stuff real quick, though. Like, yeah, so ultimately this is a win. I mean, the guy was a propagandist for the network and uh, influenced a lot of uh, Fox News's um, viewers to... Uh, think some really despicable and awful things so i'm glad that at least one part of the scourge is off uh but who knows what they'll replace him with who knows if it'll be something worse uh because knowing fox news it might i mean isn't he the one who replaced bill o'reilly and he was also terrible uh yeah well he didn't replace i feel like they they coexisted for a moment there but yeah same kind of lane for sure Let's move so, on yeah. to the other we'll side. What happens next? Um, yes. He still has a podcast, if you're so inclined. Uh, I, I haven't not. seen anything about like OAN reaching out to him. but Oh, God. Or, he commands, or Newsmax? Yeah, I believe he commands like a $250 million salary, though. So good luck good paying luck. that. Yeah. And basically tying your ship to that sinking yeah. uh, hellhole. No, thank you. All right, let's move on. Uh, So meanwhile, on the other side of the news network, CNN also announced a big uh, uh, termination. Don Lemon. On Monday, CNN terminated Don Lemon after 17 years. Lemon made the announcement on Twitter, writing, quote, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. After 17 years, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. End quote. Lemon's termination comes three weeks after Variety published an expose in which more than a dozen of Lemon's former and current colleagues outlined a pattern of allegedly misogynistic, inappropriate, and diva-like, quote, behavior at the cable news network, and more than two months after he received backlash for a sexist statement he made on CNN this morning in February. So it seemed like the writing was on the wall for CNN. Uh, They were ready to let this guy go because of the bad publicity and it made sense at the time. It's just weird that they coincided with the Tucker Carlson firing. It's like these happened at the exact same time, which I think a lot of people was like, what's going on? 
So I don't know which one came first. Um, I saw because I saw the Tucker Carlson first, and then I saw the Don Lemon one. Yeah, but I wonder if that was done on purpose. So I kind of uh, bury one of it. these organizations to sort of bury one of them. Yeah. CNN, I would say, probably was the ones that wanted to bury it because they wanted to bury the Don Lemon story underneath the Tucker Carlson was a way bigger deal. That's probably a good guess. That's actually a good point. Yes. But you see how both of these people were suddenly fired, though? Mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson was fired Monday after he wrapped up his show on Friday saying, We'll see you Monday. Right. And then Don Lemon didn't get his. Uh, didn't have management talk to him. It was just, right. just a notice saying, we're going to let you go. I think it's the way to do it now uh, if you just want to do it and move on. Mm-hmm. If you have that long like road to, oh, your final show, I think it's it's not a great position. It's for more of a build up than just that we want to wipe our hands of this. Yeah, exactly. And that's the vibe that both of these gave. All right, let's move on to some cancellations and renewals. Uh, we don't have any TV thoughts written down here. I'll just be brief. I did watch the, um, I didn't write this down. I did watch the new uh, John Mulaney uh, stand-up st- special on Netflix. Oh, Baby J. Yes, yeah. I watched that as well. It's all right. We don't have time to really dig into it right now, but uh, most of it is a recap of his time in um, in rehab. Um, so if you're curious about any of that, I'd say it's worth checking out. I don't love a lot, uh, like the vibe though, about like how he's just like, and now I'm different. I'm okay. If, that he gives off. It's a little off-putting considering the context of everything. I saw a lot in, of in my best John Mulaney uh, impression. Yeah. Every joke ended because I had drugs on me. Exactly. It's like, I get it. And I get why he did what it did is trying to retake the narrative, but like, I think a, a good recurring take I saw on social media uh, is, so I, I, this is not me saying this, this is a lot of very smart women saying this, is that um, it sucks that he's able to just bounce back and do a special like this and everybody's like, oh, John Mulaney's back and he's great again. Uh, when so many women, high profile women who have gone through the same kind of thing, your Britney Spears is, your Amanda Bynes, your, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Lindsay Lohans, for example, um, they cannot ever get back to that state of prominence because of how harder, how much of a harder road it is for these people to get back to that, to back to that respectability zone. I mean, John Mulaney's right. He said it himself in the opening a little sing-song monologue he did, which is likability is a prison. It's true. It's like you can't, like if you if you do anything outside of what an audience expects of you, they will see you differently for the rest of your life. But the difference is, is Netflix will still pay for a special for John Mulaney and they won't do the same for some some of these like women or minorities who go through the same kind of uh, experience. So, you know, do that with what you will. It's still a funny special, but it's got some baggage. Uh, Lest we also forget the baggage that when he was going around and doing this is stand up tour after being out of rehab from 2020. So it's only been like two years. He brought someone else with him. Yeah, yeah. The Dave Chappelle happy. stuff is another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but I saw a lot of that on Twitter when uh, when this was announced. It was, oh, like, we're just going to give him a pass because Dave Chappelle's not on here now. Let's yeah. forget, less than a year ago, he was bringing him on stage to give Dave yeah. Chappelle rants. And before someone tries to catch us in some sort of weird, like, double talk, I'm not saying... Like, there's a difference between if Dave Chappelle had, say, gone to rehab and then tried to rehabilitate his career. That's not what happened. I want to remind you that to this day, he is still doing material about uh, anti, like, anti-trans like stuff. So different situation. Just saying, like, the, don't try to equivalency me here. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's move on um, to cancellations and renewals. Right, what am I no longer watching? Uh, ABC is renewing Station 19 for a seventh season. Disney so along Plus, with the good doctor that we had talked about last week right. with, a, with its seventh season yeah. as well. Disney Plus has canceled National Treasure Edge of History after one season. I think we called that one. I think we said that was a one seasoner. Oh, yeah. Done. Apple TV Plus is bringing back the reluctant traveler with Eugene Levy for a second season. A.K.A. Eugene Levy still wants to travel again on yeah. Apple Plus's dollar. Hey, wouldn't you? We have uh, Netflix. The eighth season of Big Mouth will be its final season. It will also be Netflix's longest running scripted series once Jesus. it hits that eighth season. 
That's ridiculous. That must have been so cheap to make because otherwise there would be no reason why it got to last as long as it did. Netflix is uh, ending human resources after its second season. And then uh, have... the, uh, those two are both combined because the same creator. Right. Yes, you're right. That's a spinoff. Yes. All right. Then we have two deaths, uh, two pretty high profile deaths this week. We have Harry Belafonte, uh, age 96, of course, a Hall of Fame musician, mostly known for the Banana Boat song, you know, Deo. Uh, but also a uh, important to note this as also a very prominent civil rights activist. He was in a, a lot of um, really important movements um, since the uh, in the, uh, the since the 1960s and is a very, very important uh, cultural figure. So, uh, yeah, sad to see him go. But uh, 96, long, well-lived life. And then you have the other death this week, Jerry Springer, age 79. This was a surprise to us for certain. Uh, of course, host of the Jerry Springer Show, a cultural landmark of the 1990s. Later hosted or helped guest judge um, America's Got Talent. And he of course, was the original host for America's Got Talent. Right. And then, of course, for like uh, two seasons or something. Right. And then, but of yes. course, yes. And then, of course, was the mayor of Cincinnati in 1977. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, I think he held that title for two years. Yeah, something 77 like that. to 79. But yeah, I mean, a divisive oh, yeah. figure with an uh, interesting legacy when you consider, uh, like, obviously with a modern lens, a lot of the stuff that um, they had on the Jerry Springer show wouldn't fly anymore. <laughs> it did seem like it was a circus of just like, let's show humanity as strangest at the time. And of course, our definition of that has changed over the decades. And we've become a little bit more respectable, uh, respectful of some of those strangers. That being said... Um, he was an interesting figure because he never tried to lead the audience in a particular way as a host. He always was the role of the mediator, and he always just tried to talk to these people as people. Now, of course, you know, the power dynamics of being the person who brings in this attention is another conversation that we don't have time to get into. But nonetheless, he left a legacy. He was an important cultural figure. There are countless parodies of Jerry Springer, if you look back. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely an important important person and a wild wild loss so there you go jerry springer yeah you can definitely look at a lot of jerry springer clips on youtube if you want to get some of that nostalgia in there there yeah. do be warned there is a very mixed relationship between what was real and yes. what was actors on the show that's or true what was actors in order to prop up more what was real uh -huh. so yeah, take it with a grain of salt but otherwise it was still very entertaining to watch yeah. True. And like you said, countless parodies. Yes. Well. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to our last section of the show this week, which is movies. And we always start the movies with the weekend box office numbers. No surprise here. Your number one film is still the Super Mario Brothers movie with another $60 million. That's at $436 million. Still haven't seen it. Um, maybe depending on how late our, our, our book festival goes tonight, maybe... Maybe she can be convinced. We'll see. <laughs> Number two, Evil Dead Rise, $24.5 million uh, this week, debuting. Number three, The Covenant, $6.4 million debut this week. Oh, wait, wait, I forgot. This is the Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Yes, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. According to all the ads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Number 43, or number four, uh, <laughs> John, John Wick, chapter four, with another $5.8 million. That's at 168. Respectable. And rounding out your top five, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which really seemed to come and go, uh, $5.5 million this week. That's at 82. So it won't yep. quite make it probably to 100. Uh, this, no, that was at number time. six last week. It got bumped back up to number five. Yeah. But I think it's going to be dropping after this weekend. I would bet. I don't think you see it crawl to that 100 mm -hmm. mark. No. This week, your big release, of course, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The reviews are already heading. A lot of people are saying it's the best Marvel movie in a while. So, hey, excited to see those characters back on the screen. I have my tickets for this Thursday. All right. Yep. Um, I didn't do Ant-Man on Thursday, but I feel like with Guardians 3, mm -hmm. with it being the last of James Gunn, and now you the be there. are coming out. Yeah. It's one of the things where you kind of want to be there to, like, one send off the Guardians of the Galaxy, but also kind of like send off James Gunn. And yes, it's also like what should be a return to form. Sounds like in terms it. of uh, storytelling and Marvel since Endgame, which yeah. let's, let's we remind you, Endgame was 2019, 
it's been four been, years been a handful of years so yeah it's it's, it's time i think so yeah should be good and uh, also so i will have my thoughts on that yes. next week and in the world of counter programming we also have love again uh yep this is the love story with our priyanka chopras jonas <laughs> and basic white guy got it all right Let's move on to um, a, a, a triple story here because CinemaCon happened. So we have one, two, three stories to real briefly cover here. Because there's one, two, three big uh, conventions. Yes. Or big showcases. Yes, from three of the biggest studios. So starting with Warner Brothers, they showed off their DC properties with, of course, the upcoming The Flash, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, and Blue Beetle. First the Flash looks- got that online trailer that dropped this week. Still nothing for Aquaman Lost Kingdom and st- just that first trailer for Blue Beetle. Right. Uh, first looks were also revealed for Meg 2, colon, The Trench, the sequel to the Big Shark movie, The Meg. <laughs> the Nun 2, the sequel to The Nun. Mm-hmm. Barbie, of course, which is just a few weeks from release. Dune Part 2 and Wonka. With Hugh Grant being announced to be playing an Oompa Loompa. Explain this. They did not say that Hugh Grant would be playing all of the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> just that Hugh Grant would be playing at a least one and of the Oompa, Oompa Loompas. Loompa. In the clip that they showed, it was Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. It's a weird Next movie. to Willy Wonka, Timothy right. Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, Willy Wonka. <laughs> That's weird. I don't like this. All right, anyways, let's move on. Uh, they also had a surprise announcement that Beetlejuice 2, a sequel to the movie Beetlejuice, is currently in development with a logo briefly shown. And then it all ended with Oprah, yes, that Oprah, coming on stage to talk about the upcoming movie musical version of The Color Purple, based, of course, on the Broadway musical. Uh, so, yeah. Um, based, of course, on the novel. Right, based on the novel before that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of a lot of varied stuff from Warner Brothers. If I had to put any type of like award status on on Warner Brothers stuff, it would be Dune Part Two and The Color Purple. They're really trying to pop that up, yeah. Uh, especially if you get if you bring Oprah out, be like, yes, yeah. this is good. It's Oprah good enough. Yeah, I think it's smart. I think it's smart to kind of move that in towards an Oscar conversation because I'm sure that they would love that. If that became yes. their big Oscar contender. And yes, before you type in the comments, we know Oprah was in the original film, and that's why sure. she's there helping to promote it. It is Reminder that she is also a producer on it, but yes. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to Sony, who also had a showcase this week at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. They started the night with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence from the set of Bad Boys 4 before the first look at something called Dumb Money, which, oh, is the, that film based on the GameStop uh, stock yes. uh, fiasco? Uh, that yes. is by uh, Craig Gillespie and starring Paul Dano and Seth Rogen. Sure. Why not? They also showed clips from The Machine and Insidious, colon, The Door. Uh, yet another Insidious film. Uh, mm-hmm. Before going into the opening sequence of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Hell yes. They also had the first trailer for the upcoming R-rated film, Craven the Hunter. It's mentioned here that it's R-rated because this is an animated film. Right? Uh no, I think this is live action with a- uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, this is like oh okay, I'm getting it's, it's, it's because else. Morbius got the PG thirteen rating. Oh, so they want to make a big deal that this is the R rated one. Yes, and Venom got the PG thirteen. Even oh. though there was there is supposedly a more a Morbius R rating that got released for a week mm-hmm. in limited release. <laughs> uh, this is going to be just straight up R rated version for yeah. Sony, and the first. Maybe the first of many of the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery that Sony still owns. Yeah, we're just they're gonna keep milking it as long as they own it. So the the Venom verse will continue to expand. <laughs> All right, and then lastly, uh, we saw clips from Neil Blomkamp's adaptation of Gran Turismo, <laughs> the video game Gran Turismo, featuring David Harbor and Orlando Bloom. Uh, yeah, based off of the video game. I don't. I still don't understand why they're doing that, but it's not for right. me. It's fine. It's a dad movie. That's for dads. All right. My one takeaway from Sony here, besides the very leaning heavily into Spider-Man, mm-hmm. is that they wasted the name Bad Boys for Life on the third Bad Boys. They really did, yeah. 
The four is right there. Yes. What do they call this one? Just Bad Boys Four? It's not fun. Bad Boys Four Life Four Ever. Yeah, Bad Boys Forever. forever probably. Bad Boys Forever. Yes. Forever. Right there with the sequel of Jackass Forever. Yeah, exactly. And Batman Forever. Right. It's a weird trilogy. <laughs> Help me understand the Forever trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. It's good. Oh, don't forget about Pokemon Forever, which yes. is the US localized uh, name for Pokemon, the fourth Pokemon movie. Anyways, we need to move on. Um, lastly, of course, we have Disney. They showed extended clips of the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, as well as Elemental and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and The Little Mermaid and Haunted Mansion. We got those Little Mermaid posters also, which made the internet laugh at Flounder. Uh, poor Jacob Tremblay. The poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> the fish is just so funny. Every time I see that fish, he's just like, so weird. Oh, <laughs> anyway, and the haunted mansion, which I keep forgetting they're doing. Uh, they also had director spotlights on Kenneth Branagh, Gareth Edwards, and Taika Waititi for different live action original products that are uh, coming to the studio as All well. Right. Caveat. Uh, yes. Kenneth Bragdon's not original project is the continuation of the uh, Agatha Christie right. murder mysteries. Yeah. I think one is Murder in Venice. Oh, Murder in Venice. Or whatever Venice. it's, whatever that title is called, it's the Venice one. Uh, following, Christy, of, of course. looked over when we said murder. <laughs> <laughs> following uh, Murder on Orient Express and yes. then Death on right. the Nile. Right. So he will have his third um, Hercule Poirot movie. Yes. So continuing those. Um, Disney also revealed that the animated film Wish will be adding Chris Pine to its cast as well as King Magnifico. Also, they put out a new trailer for that thing. It looks pretty good. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty jazzed about Wish. I like the animation style. It looks very like, um, you can like, on the close-ups, it looks like there's actual pencil strokes on the edges of the cell shading. And I think it's a neat try. It looks like all the PR they're doing around it was supposed to be like a synthesis of like the watercolor um, traditional animation with the newer animation. I think mm -hmm. it works pretty well. I wonder how much of that is finally using the Paper Man technology. Yeah, I bet that's part of it. It's like it took them a while to get there. It's but... been years since we've seen Paper Man. Again, run away, and they haven't used it. A we whole beat lot. it like a dead horse here on the podcast, but it's it's still the uh, uh, Spider Verse effect. It's the yes. Sony opened up the floodgates and said, like, you can do stylized animation in these things. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be scared of it. And now everybody's doing it. Literally, every studio is doing it with Puss in Boots <laughs> last year and uh, Pixar. Uh, the footage they're showing of Elemental also they're trying something different too this time. And it's the like, upcoming uh, T Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Nickelodeon Paramount. Yes, they're doing also it as well. Yeah. Yep. It's wild. Um, anyways, lastly, additionally, the studio shared brand new footage for the upcoming Walt Disney animation film. Oh, no, that's actually what I just said. Never mind. Yes. So I thought I was talking about a different film. Uh, nope. But, you know, so that's what Disney had to show. Uh, yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, most notably, did not see anything big on Universal, the fourth big studio there. Yes, keeping their Although, cards. If there was, I bet it would have just been a lot of Fast and Furious promotion. Oh yeah, Fast X still on its way. Yep, that they're hoping for that one. So that's it for movie news this week. Uh, you have some brief thoughts. You watched Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear is available on Peacock, so I put it on, <laughs> and it has a lot of issues, especially yeah. when I wanted to turn it off after 15 minutes because it gave me five different storylines. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to follow a single one of them. I didn't the care about it. Uh, very animated, <laughs> very want chasing of the cocaine. And is that what uh, you really want from Cocaine Bear? Is just a bear on cocaine? Or does it I deliver mean, that at least? Yes, but it then it segues like it opens up with a bear on mm -hmm. cocaine and yeah. like Cocaine Bear, <laughs> and then it's like we need you to. <laughs> Give you backstories and kind of yeah. like get you to care about all the human get characters there to before get we to get to point. back to Cocaine Bear. <laughs> the way you're describing it just sounds like it's an SNL sketch. It's just like it kind of is. Bear. Also, I was surprised uh, to find that Phil Lord and Chris Miller executive produced on this thing. I'm not super surprised. Have they worked with Elizabeth Banks before? I want to say they have. I want to. Either that or it came out of their production company. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll help this because someone and doing something, something. Mm -hmm. Run some of the cash. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's Cocaine Bear, I guess. It, it, it's on Peacock. It, it, it exists. as ridiculous as you think it is with the name Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. Sold uh, on its name it's, alone. I mean, pretty much, yeah. It's just, if you want to see a bear on cocaine with just a hint of 80s drug um, yeah. propaganda and some light acting, <laughs> it's there. It's there. Right. Then that'll do it for the movie section. That'll do it for the Media Little Podcast, unless we have anything else we didn't. Uh, we do mention. have a fan question that got submitted, but we will get to that next week. So tune in next week for that one. We just ran out of time here. But uh thank you for joining us though at the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back. We'll be back for a regular show next week. So tune in for that. You can catch those videos on YouTube if you search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast. You'll find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell. For notifications if you want to listen to us in audio form this fine show will be in audio form you can find that on any podcast service that you subscribe to just search media boat podcast and subscribe to our show if you want to email us with feedback questions or anything you're thinking anything that's on your mind you can email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com we're also on social media twitter we're at media boat cast facebook search media boat podcast and find our page there and on twitch.tv slash mediaboat, you can see us streaming stuff. This week, we will bring you some Jedi Survivor and some Redfall. So tune into those. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also catch an archive of me playing some Rock Band uh, from Thursday as a backup plan because Hi-Fi Rush did not work out quite well. Uh, <laughs> but also, it got hard all of a sudden. I just completely whiffed against a boss. Uh, not even a boss. It was just like a normal battle. I was just like, you can't. Take a break from that game and come right back. Um, you lost your rhythm. I lost everything. Lost the rush. Like, yeah, the rush did not come back. No, not rush back to me is the way I put it. <laughs> but I might play some more rock band on stream. That was nice and relaxing. Anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next time. Tune in next time for more. See ya. All right, bye.